This is One on One with Stevie Fro, episode 28, Jeremy Bioni. Welcome back to the one-on-one with Stevie Fro podcast. Joining us today is Highlands baseball coach, Jeremy Bioni. Coach, thank you so much for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. We were just talking about Coach Bioni is the only the second baseball coach that we've had here. So we had to get back into that baseball love, right? It's yeah. baseball weather outside. It is. It's warm. Yeah. What are you doing to keep yourself busy besides working? Well, just finished up coaching a uh, 17U uh, CBC team. Um working on some stuff for next summer and then trying to get some get plans together for next or this coming uh, off season, this preseason workouts and, and seeing what we're allowed to do um, and, and how we're going to have to go about it and all those things. I have a meeting tomorrow uh, with the athletic department to see how we can get going, get in the weight room and do some of those things. So we'll, we'll see what the regulations are and the stipulations and all that stuff. Have you run into any issues in the um, like the travel ball and the stuff that you guys are doing now, with restrictions that are happening, for the most part, no. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of coaches and fans are wearing masks and they're they're doing their best to distance and sit wherever they can. Um, you know, the, the state of Ohio came out initially with their plans to you know socially distance and you keep your own baseball and um, no more shaking hands and wear masks in the dugouts and all those things. And, and that lasted a weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, really, the only difference right now between uh, baseball in 2020 and baseball in 2019 is uh, no post-game handshake. That, that's kind of So it's manageable. Thing. Yeah. It's been manageable. Yeah, absolutely. And I would think that baseball is a, a very manageable sport to be playing right now. The, the, only, the only question comes in is with the baseball. You know, not the you, dugout. You, you, the dugout, not as, depending on where you go, a lot yeah, of the facilities are, are really good about cleaning. Like we, you know, school provided us with a uh, atomizer um, mm-hmm. that, that sprays a cleaning agent. And, you know, we go through the dugout as often as we can at our facility to clean. And a lot of people do that. We went to a school uh, college up in uh, Toledo area. Or actually, it was in Michigan. And uh, they were just spraying bleach wow. on the on the dugouts and, and everywhere. So, Everybody's trying to do something to keep those type of things clean. Dugouts, you know, seem to be pretty clean depending on where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there are some parks and some places where they just can't get to them, um, and, and you understand that. But all of our kids, you know, we got hand sanitizer everywhere and, and wipes everywhere and trying to do everything we can, walking in with masks, all that type of stuff. Uh, the, but the baseball is the one thing, you know, everybody touches. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to t- teach our kids, you know, no longer go to the mouth. Absolutely. You know, um, um, if, if you need to use, you know, some sweat. Well, and or baseball something. players, they're big with their routine yeah, as well. Right. right. Yeah. And, and they do it without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they just go to their mouth. Um, you know, we, we, we play on a lot of turf fields. Yeah. So, so you're trying to, you're not allowed to have seeds and stuff anyway. But we told our guys, um, let's just do away with seeds altogether. And um, your travels and all the, and the sports that you've played and the things that you've coached. Do you find that the baseball coaches are always, or the baseball players are always the most superstitious, oh, weird with their routines? No yeah, no <laughs> doubt. It's always, we had a kid, we had a kid this summer that um, really good baseball player just committed to Ball State, and he he'd hit a double, and he has a batting glove, and he'd come call time and run over and hand you the batting glove. 
And I, I said, why don't you just put it in your pocket? And he said, what? It, it slows me down. And it, it didn't slow him down. He just, that was his routine. His yeah. thing was he took his batting glove off. He re, you know, if it was a single, it was no big deal. First base coach is there. Um, but he's hitting doubles, and he's he's running over to me calling time. And I thought he was, you know, he had a pad on his elbow, and I thought maybe he's giving me that. And No, he was just giving me his batting glove. I said, why don't you just put it in your pocket, bud? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> well, maybe maybe that started out of um, – you know, he, he had played well, and that's something that he did, and yeah. so he just continues Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. Baseball players are weird, bro. Oh, yeah. I worked in Florida for 13 summers for Little League Baseball, and sometime halfway through that run, um, a guy that I had used to co- – I had coached there was playing D2 ball at Eckerd on St. Pete Beach, and so we got an in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys on the baseball team were now filling our staff. Right. And I'm telling you. I've never seen anything yeah. like it until you're like with these dudes every day. Right. It, it's it, well, it's so hard. It, it's such a difficult game. It is. And and if if you think you're a better hitter because you put your left pant leg on before your right, then you are. Um, and and that's kind of what we tell our guys. You know, I, I used to be. I used to freak out about that stuff. Um, we, we'd go to the regional tournament and and I'd stand in the coach's box and we didn't score a run. Next inning, I'd stand outside the coach's box and. It took me a while to realize that where I stood has zero impact on our kids and on our team and, and what's going to happen. But I'm that way too. Um, but, but you just, yeah. it seems like I, I need to do whatever I can. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when you're playing, it's, it's tenfold. You know, you're putting your batting glove in your right pocket and you don't get a hit, so you switch it to the left. Next time you do get a hit, now it needs to be in the left. Um, you know, that's it, baseball especially because it is so difficult. Um, you know, we, we had conversations about, about the Reds. And imagine being a coach – and, and trying to put get a pinch hit or somebody to come up to get a get hit in a big situation mm-hmm. and realize that if 30% of the time you're right, that that's great. Well, that's not a good percentage, no. you know? So, so you know, imagine, imagine, imagine your uh, technical – you get technical free throws, you're not going to grab the guy that shoots 30% to go shoot Never. the free throws. You know, so it, it's so difficult – you know, we'll, baseball guys will do whatever they can to be successful. It's the only sport hard. like that. Yeah. Especially where failure is the most common thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeremy is a 1997 graduate of Highlands High School, another gentleman coaching his alma mater on the show. Uh, he is entering his 13th season. You know what? I don't think that's fair. I think this should be your 12th. Yeah. I don't think last year should count. Yeah. But he's entering his 13th slash 12th year as the Highlands baseball coach. Um, he's won 235 games in his time there, including four ninth region championships, four in a row, too, by the way, and has led his team to the ninth region final seven times. So that's that was – was their first in 12? Yeah, 2012. 12, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about that in that run, mm-hmm. seven times in, you know, you know, seven of eight. Seven of eight. That's what yeah. it was. I was trying to think of do yeah. the math in my head. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds stupid, but uh, in his time as a head coach, he's had an 800% winning percentage in the postseason. It's incredible. And has taken the Highlands baseball team to two state championship games. He is a multiple Coach of the Year award winner. In uh, 2015, he was the National Federation of High Schools Baseball Coach of the Year. Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is amazing. So, the great, once again, the great Jeremy Bioni. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of these Highlands, Highlands playing days. Yeah. So you're a football and a baseball guy. Is that correct? It's correct. Okay. What a time. Yeah. We, t- we have talked about these Highlands mm-hmm. these years in there. What a time to be playing in the baseball program and basketball or football program as well. Um, Obviously the baseball team won region in 96, 97. Both. Yeah. Yep. Gary Schrader. Yep. Was your head coach. Yep. Um, Baseball or football. I keep confusing that in football. We won a state in 96. Yep. When did, when did Tom Duffy leave? Uh, 93. Okay. You get to years confused because it's, yeah, it's, it's in the fall. I do yeah, it all the time. So 93 was his last year, and then the fall of 94 was So you was only ever year. played under Coach Mueller? Well, I, well, I was a freshman mm-hmm. when, when Duffy was there, um, so I never really actually oh, that's played right, because, under him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I just did it. Correct. Yeah, I, graduated I, I 97, football 96. Yeah, I have to think about it all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. But but I, w- I was a freshman um, his last year, and then sophomore year, Dale came in, and, and – I was – if Duffy was there, I probably would have been done with football. Really? Um, it, it wasn't – and it wasn't anything personal. I, he never he'd never done anything to me. But but the way they did um, workouts and, and preseason with summer ball, um, it was really, really difficult. And, and Dale came in. He called me at home sophomore year and said, we want you playing. And I said, well, you know, baseball, I'm traveling all summer and mm-hmm. all this, and I'm going to miss a lot of practices. And he said, well, you just got to work harder to get, get caught up. Um, and, and then came, you know, played sophomore year and then played, played all three years. I actually played basketball through my sophomore year. Really? Um, yeah. And, um, progressively got worse and well, everybody and, else kept growing and you stopped. Yeah, right. And, and, and then did not progress you know, vertically. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it was like, okay, you need to go. Um, coach Messmer, he, he said, uh, I said, coach, I'm not going to play basketball this year. And he goes, good. I didn't want to have to cut you. Thanks, coach. Yeah, and they Appreciate were on that. the they were on the precipice of well, and that's yeah. I mean, I mean, our senior year, you, you know, fifteen and zero, one state championship yeah. in football, and losing the state finals in basketball, and mm-hmm. then win region in baseball, and it was it was it was what was it like run. during that time? It was crazy. It was it was you know we had um, you know you're playing football and you you watch Justin Frisk, Stephen Lickard mm-hmm. run around like crazy, um, and then you go to basketball and you see guys like Eric Glazier. Um, and, and then Derek and Jared, mm-hmm. you know, coming on the yep. scene in basketball. And then you go to baseball and, and you get Glazier on the mound yeah. and you get Kyle Fetzer. And you just, it was, it was crazy that, that one class and one group of, of kids at the same school were that talented. You know, you eventually had Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball candidates. Um, you know, Eric was in the running for Mr. Baseball and probably should have won it. Drafted, to be honest with yeah. You. Yeah. Gets drafted in the second round and mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of talent. It was title town. Yeah. It was the first. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Before it was down there in that Danville area. Yeah, right. Cheaters. Yeah. Well, they used to call you cheaters, too, oh, yeah. where that's I'm from. Right. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's only it's, fair. It's just, it, it comes with the territory. You win a little bit, you're cheating. <laughs> what did you play in football? I actually played, um, well, the the position was called flanker, so inside receiver. Mm-hmm. I was an extended lineman for Frisk and Lickert. Justin Frisk. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Justin Frisk still to this day is one of the five best running backs mm-hmm. that I've ever seen mm-hmm. in this area yeah. and maybe ever in, in person in a high school football game. Yeah. And I have seen thousands yeah. of running backs. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. Um, he was terrible as a, as a wide out to block for because you knew you're on the right and the play's going left, but you had to block because just as quickly as he, you know, received a pitch or, or received a handoff, he's coming back the other way. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so you didn't know, you know, you're, you know, you're supposed to block a certain way. Um, and then you have him coming up on you, but, but he was, yeah, he was fun to watch. Um, and, and he was fast. He was quick. He was strong. I've never, I'll be honest, athletic. Athletic. speed, He's athletic, he, yeah. the takeoff speed, mm-hmm. not just the breakaway speed. Mm-hmm. Cause once he got any kind of open field, yeah. it was showtime, Yeah, but just to create separation, I've mm-hmm. never seen anything like it. So I, we had a, um, a, uh, drafting teacher. That was teaching at Boone County when Sean Alexander was there. Okay, and he had one. He had a great comparison, and, and he had a great observation. Um, you know, he watched Sean, and obviously Sean was Sean. You know, he's faster than everybody else. He's big. Um, he, he he would watch Sean on a long run, kind of turn to try to see where the defenders were that were behind him. Um, what he noticed about Justin was he didn't have to turn. He could feel the defender, yeah, and and he can make those adjustments while he's running without having to turn around or slow down or anything else. Um, and the instinct was was there. He used to he used to swim move with a ball in his hand, and and Coach Miller would would say, "Hey, uh, you're going to hit that on a helmet or something." And he's like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> okay, yeah, he was impressive. We played over there my senior year. There was so I think after my there was a year break after my sophomore year, which would have been the '92 season. And then we had a little break, and then, or maybe, may have been two years, and um, we went over there. I think my senior year, which would have been the fall of '95, so I guess at '91. Uh, so they guess there was a two-year, yeah. two-year break there, and and it was a really good game for a while. And then yeah. he he has this huge run, mm-hmm. and it was on at yeah. that point. And then the next year, I want to say it was the next year, we went up. Uh, I don't know why that game was back at Highlands, but it was. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was your senior, senior year, yeah, was senior. because my brother was a senior with Eddie Eviston yeah, and those guys, right. and it was just a beatdown. Yeah. yeah, impressive. That, yeah, that was the first game of that 15 and those season. Yeah, and before I go any further, uh, you know, the fall of '95, you're in a state title game. Yeah, yeah, and damn near win. You know, back to back there yeah. too. Well, and you know, the the leading up to that, we lose our our quarterback. You know, Matt Mason went mm-hmm. down. And, and that's a complete game changer because that's another really good athlete that was part of the 96 regional championship team in, in uh, baseball. You know, went to Georgia to catch and then comes back up to NKU and plays ends up playing first base and really, really good athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, and we did he that without really him. Yeah, he was really good. Um, it was it was, it was quite a quite a run there for a little bit. It was fun. Talk about this uh, this baseball back-to-back regional title as a, as a player. Yeah. Talk about those experiences. Did you enjoy playing for Coach Schrader? Uh, yeah, it, it did. He, he gave us a lot of freedom. Um, you know, when you have guys that were wired the way we were, um, you know, he, he was he was really good about kind of letting us do our thing. And, and I took some of that f- from him where let's have conversations and talk about what we're going to do. Um, you know, when you have a guy like Eric Glazier who's playing, you know, Midland, he's playing the, the biggest tournaments that we had back then and playing with some of the best players in the country. Um, you know, he saw things that they did that the high school teams weren't doing and wanted to implement, and, and Coach Schrader was, was all for it. Um, it was really fun. It was it was a good group of guys. We, we got along so well with, with each other um, and, and obviously talented. You know, had a, had a really good good group of arms, catchers. We had, I mean, we had multiple, we had depth. Um, it was really fun. And, and you know, we – we didn't our senior year in '97 when we won. We we didn't start off too hot. I, I remember uh, actually Eric and I arguing, which everybody 
um, that, that knows Eric knows him as Smiley. Um, super nice. Um, great guy will do anything for you. Um, he's an assassin on the baseball field and, and, and on a basketball court. Um, and, and when those – I remember that conversation because it was one of the first times we've ever argued. Um, we kind of went back and forth because we weren't doing too well. Well, you're um, seniors too. And, and we're seniors. And, and you know, I think that kind of helped. We got some things off our chest. Um, you know, the, the coaching staff, you know, kind of let's, let's talk about this. You know, let's, we're not going to let this simmer. We're not going to let this go for a couple of days. Let's get together and talk about it. And, and it, what it came down to is we weren't playing well <laughs> and we were losing. Yeah. And, and we weren't used to that. Um, but, but then we kind of turned the corner there. Um, and, and then went on a run and, you know, ended up winning a bunch of games in a row towards the end of the year. Um, but it was such a, it was such a good time and, and it went by, it went by so fast. You, you don't, I don't think you, you don't realize what you're doing at the time. Um, and, and you think, and, and it happened in football too. It's like, okay, we won. And then after that, you know, football went on this run yeah. where they're winning all the time. Um, and you kind of take it for granted when you win back-to-back regional titles in baseball and you kind of take it for granted. Like, this is always what you do. This is, it, it's not hard. It's so hard. It is hard. It's so hard. And you have you two and a half months to get it yeah. taken and, care of. And you don't realize at the time how difficult it is and how yeah. lucky you are yeah. to be a part of, of teams that win. You know, um, my role at Highlands as a football player um, was, was anybody could have done what I did. Um you, your job was to block lead guy from the jet sweep and yeah, right. let's I'm get out, it on. Yeah, I'm out there going to block a guy, yeah. and they're going to run by me. Where and in baseball, yeah. you know, the juxtaposition of those roles are completely yeah. different. Yeah, um, and, and you know, it, you kind of take it for granted, and, and you think, you know, well, that, that's what happens. And, and then you see what, what happened in football, and you're like, yeah, you're right. It's not that hard to win. We just rattled off, you know, whatever it was, 8 and 12 years or whatever. Um, and then you look at baseball, and it's – Okay, what happened? Yeah. We, we we're we're no longer competing um, for those, and, and and realize how special it is. Um, there's not a, you know, w- when you're playing and, and you're you're successful when you're winning, and not me personally, but the team. You think there's nothing better than this. It's, it's the best best of times um, until you get into coaching. Yeah. You know? Let me ask you a question about you mentioned this, and we'll go into the you know some of the Highlands coaching days a little bit later, but do you think part of that, like you say, we didn't start off playing real well. Baseball is such a rhythmic sport. The team has got to play in a rhythm because if you have the weak link, the ball always finds it. Absolutely. Do you think that's got anything to do with it? You know, well, it's, it's uh, early spring. And well, I think part of the problem is that the, that our four of our best baseball players just got off of a state the, champion, yeah. state runner up basketball, basketball season, team. you know, so we got off to a slow start because, because the dudes we were counting on, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're so preoccupied with that and they, heck, they played till March. Yeah. I mean, a week or two, maybe. And then there's games. Um, so they just weren't prepared. And, and I think that's what got us off to that slow start, trying to figure out kind of our, our identity that the class that graduated, the 96 class was really, really talented, you know, starting catchers, starting outfielders, um, arms. Um, and, and so we had, we had to figure out a little bit of our identity and, when you come off a regional championship and you return the arms that we returned and and the expectations, everybody expects you to just start rolling in and winning. Yeah. And when we weren't, we weren't really weren't sure how to handle that. I get it. I mean, we went through it at Newcath. Yeah. The first year we won that region um, with the we returned all those kids the next year the pitchers mm-hmm. and then here fourteen and fifteen. Yeah. Returned 
most of our pitchers, yep. all of them. So there is an expectation. Yeah. But like you, those kids were like here. Those kids were basketball players. Yeah. So you didn't get them until yep. late. Well, late, early, early March, mid March, and then you're playing mid March. Yeah. When, yeah. It's tough, yeah. and they've not thrown a bullpen. Correct. They've not done anything to strengthen their arm. Well, I mean, and that is the one sport where where you have to see live pitching. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to throw on the mound two hitters. You, you can't replace that. You know, no matter how hard you do, you know, we'll we'll turn our pitching machine up to ninety and get in the cage, and the kids will take cuts like it's nothing. But you go in a game and somebody's throwing eighty two, eighty three, and they're freaking out. No, no, <laughs> you know? I get it. And and so when you take away all those reps. Um, it, it's going to take a little bit of time to get to gel, especially a fair, you know, half of our starting lineup was a fairly new team um, that that didn't play the year before. But but yeah, we had a little bit of a conversation, and you know, Eric Eric took charge like he always does, and and he was so good, so good, <laughs> so good. It was good. He was good at everything. I, you're right, and I remember watching him play because he's my brother's age. Yeah, and they they played in the same knot hole league. They didn't. They didn't, I don't think they played in the same team. And there was a day up at uh, Bartlett Field in Newport on top of the hill, yeah, where he hit a ball straight center field, and for a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old, whatever he was at the time, mm-hmm. this was a bomb. Yeah, never seen anything like it. Yeah, no, he was. He was. He would make you mad because he was good at everything. Yeah. You, you walk through Woodfield, and he has a plaque where he was the school chess champion. He was good at everything. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can't play him in cornhole or ping pong or anything. He's just better than you at everything. Well, hey. That's, that's Some people are just like that, bro. Yeah. Justin was like that, too. Yeah. Frisch, Frisch was like that, too. He was good. He, he came and played fall baseball with us the one year. And he, we actually He actually rolled up one day. We were playing at, uh, at Rossford Park playing basketball, and he came out and played basketball yeah. there. And just just, just in high school. Yeah, we yeah. were like on spring break mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and he was competitive at that. Yeah. We were laughing. I mean, it yeah. was funny. Yeah. It was just a good time. Yeah. But yeah. It was special dudes you yeah, run around with. Absolutely. It, and it helps, too. It helps mold you as a player. You become a better player, obviously, being around such good, you know, talent because you don't want to let them down. Right. So, you know, it's no different than the teams you've coached the last, you know, eight years, yeah. seven years especially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a guy like Drew Rahm that comes through the program. Right. That's going to elevate the catchers. Absolutely. It's going to elevate the other pitchers mm-hmm. because they're all working together. Yeah. And they want to be just like that guy. Correct. Correct. Setting the tone. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get, you never know how success is going to impact people. Um, and, and I always, always got afraid that, that you win a region, you win two regions, and then people become complacent. And what was really cool about the kids we coach um, is they went the opposite way. You know, they saw what the team before them or the two teams before them did and they wanted to do that and improve. You know, they wanted to win a region because that's what the prior two teams did. Um, but they also wanted to win a state title. And it wasn't necessarily to say that they're better. It was because they know how bad those other teams wanted to win a state title. And it snowballed in a positive direction instead of we won a region, we went to the state finals. Now we're just going to go through the motions um, because we've been to a state championship game. Um, it, it went the other way where they wanted it. They wanted it really bad. So we had talked about this yesterday with Rod Snap, the basketball coach mm-hmm. at Newport. And I had <clears throat> mentioned um, the all-A region that they won and being able to go down there and play. And we were talking about the younger kids on the program at the time. Yeah. 
and how that helps build their dreams as well, mm-hmm. dream building. Yeah. In 17, when we went to the Final Four of the state, we take everybody with us. Yeah. You know, um, they all went on the bus rides to and from all the region games, district games, right. meals. And you do that so you can inject a little bit of yeah. that excitement in them yeah. because you know as well as I do that ride home when you're on the bus. And I don't know if you guys take buses, but just in general, that just the camaraderie with the dudes yeah. Yeah. or the young women, it doesn't matter. Right. It's intoxicating. Absolutely. And it builds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you, you know, when you have sophomores that you can bring along to you for, bring along with you for the regional tournament or maybe state tournament. And they're seeing a guy out there that just got drafted in the fourth round. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's into motivation, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and they want to be like that guy and they want to emulate him and, and, and all the teams that we've had, I mean, back to 2015, we had division one, division two, um, junior college recruits. And, and it felt like for our pitching staff, we went through a run there where we had some arms, um, you know, the, the Ricky Razors wanted to be like Mitchell Jones and Joe Martin. And then Ethan Doty wanted to be like Ricky Razor. And then Drew Ron wanted to be like Ethan Doty. And, and it just, you know, it, it trickled down, which was really good. Um, and and you the more you have them around each other, um, the more it doesn't – it feels like they're, it's a program, right? And that, that's one of the things we talk about is program and family. And, and you, you can't keep your freshmen separated from no. your varsity guys and, and – promote a program or promote family they've all they all have to be together we do a we do a practice where it's by position and any grade so those ninth graders and their seniors are there practicing together and it's really cool because the juniors and seniors the varsity guys are they're just teaching you know it's very little coaching on our part we're just hitting ground balls yeah you know the infielders will hit ground balls and and you'll have your 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 older guys that have been through it for a while you know help those younger guys understand what they're trying to do and, and to do it well. And it's all snowball, but it, it all comes down to just being able to coaching good kids. Yes. I it mean, helps. It helps a ton. They, 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 they're good kids. They show up. I made a comment to somebody the other day that I can't tell you the last time in a varsity baseball game, I yelled hustle. They just don't have to ground ball hit to the pitcher and the guy's just flying down first. Um, and, and, I don't think a lot of people can say that as a whole. I'm sure program-wide that's not the case. You know, younger guys, immature, you know, they're they're still maturing. They get frustrated. But when it comes to the varsity level, it's been been a while since I've had to tell a guy to run a ball out. But success breeds success. Yes, absolutely. And you've been there now long enough where these kids, they've watched older brothers come through, they know how things are done, or you've been the only coach that they know. Yeah. So – that helps with that too. Some some loyalty and longevity helps. Yeah, with that. yeah, and they and they have expectations. You know, they know there are expectations, and the expectations aren't necessarily to win regions. Um, the expectation is to work hard and and you know pay attention to detail. Um, we say to them all the time. You know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, and and they understand when we're sitting in the field house and we're trying to to get ready to stretch to lift weights, and we say, why aren't our lines straight? You know, in the beginning, it's like, is it a big deal if I'm standing next to my buddy stretching and talking? No, it's not really a big deal. But um, if you can get that line straight and that detail matters to you, um, then that sack bunt detail is yeah. going to matter to you. Or or any other little detail of hitting the front corner of the base, um, any of those things, hitting the relay guy, you know, those things, all those things are going to matter. And and that's what's really cool about it, too, is these kids, are they understand that stuff. Um, and, and that's another thing that's helped build 
you know, the program is because the older guys got it and figured it out, saw it. They then teach, help teach some of those younger guys. Um, and then as coaches, we can just sit back there and, you know, we can implement so many more things. Our kids mingle really well, the older kids and younger kids. And the one thing like you're talking about here, when the drills you were talking about where the, the position by position, yeah. when the young kids who sometimes might be fearful to be in there in case they fail yeah. and they have a little bit of success, yeah. the confidence that that develops, yeah. you can't replicate it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like that. You know, we, we have, um, you know, this past year, preseason, you've got Ethan Kavanaugh who's going to go to University of yep. Kentucky, play middle infield. Stug. And he's taking ground balls with some freshmen, sophomores, and Ethan kicks a ground ball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we'll see. Okay. It happens. It happens. You know, don't don't freak out if it does, but no. it happens. Um, you know, but then all the other plays and the way he reacted, you know, it was simple. He kicked a ground ball, and he said, give me another one. And so for the rest of the preseason, whenever somebody missed a ground ball, give me another one. It didn't matter if it was freshman or JV varsity. didn't matter. They wanted another ground ball. And, and those are a lot of things that – Having that success and having some guys that that have really worked hard and really take it serious, it's in just trickled down. Yeah, you know, and, and and attention to detail is we're big on attention to detail, and those guys are really detail oriented now. A lot of fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. Let me. You mentioned this before. I wanted to talk about this later, but now that you said it, you mentioned the field house, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. Right. How has the building of that that field house changed to? trajectory of maybe not just your program in general but all sports over there um in my opinion baseball and softball um benefit the most from the field house uh, the weight room's awesome um football's no doubt benefited from that because they use it a lot as well um but you can hit in the winter you can throw you can do it all right we, we had a small gym we had an auxiliary gym <laughs> do you remember <laughs> it's terrible um it was a it was a concrete floor, yeah. and it had one batting cage that slid, and we, we would try to get 25 guys in there, and you literally had to, hey, hold on, I'm swinging. Like, don't walk there. Um, it was a mess. And the field house, but, but that's all we knew. And at that time, that's all most everybody had, was you were lucky to have an indoor cage. Um, we'd sometimes hit ground balls on the concrete floor and just hitting rockets at guys, and you can't control it. You can't because the just ball skips off that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we, we kind of, you know, graduate and get the field house, right? And standing down there, and, and initially I think everybody thought it would be a huge advantage for football practice. But anybody that was down there and saw it realized that it's not a huge advantage for football practice because you just can't fit. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's too many kids. Yeah, it's too many kids, and you can't, you can't split anybody out wide. You can't, there's just not enough room for it. Um, now, the weight room is a different story. The weight, weight room is awesome. Um, especially from what we were compared to, mm-hmm. uh, what we used to have. Um, but now that, you know, there's two cages that drop down from the ceiling. Um, we can take ground balls. It's turf. We're playing a lot of our games on the field, on the turf anyway. Um, so we can put them in a corner and do ground ball stuff. We can shrink down and, and work on bunt coverages, um, first and third defense, and just see those things in, in real life that we would not have been able to do, you know, in, in the small gym or, or in any other uh area within the school um but having the ability to you know in the in the preseason we're going to spend an hour in a weight room we're going to spend an hour in the cages and then usually there's there's 35 to 50 kids so one group will be up one group will be down and then we just switch them and you think about three hours a week 
from Labor Day until February 15th, these guys are able to lift and hit. I mean, it, it, the number of swings just goes Absolutely. up. And we're able to do so many different things. Yeah. We've, got, we've got a pitching machine where we can just we can throw them a ton of curveballs. So it's not just a coach standing there from 35 feet saying, here, let me give you confidence by throwing this right mm-hmm. down the middle. Um, we're ramping the, the pitching machine up. We're throwing breaking balls with it. Um, and, and they're getting to see things a lot earlier. So then that learning curve when the season comes isn't as bad. Um, but it, it, we throw bullpens in there. I mean, we'll, we'll go on Saturdays after the first of the year where we're ready for our bullpens and we'll drop one cage and non-pitchers and catchers will come in and they'll just hit off the machine. And then the pitchers and catchers will be throwing bullpens on the side, two mounds going. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous it's a high school. I mean, Oh, I get it. I mean, it's, I've it's, been in it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. But you also have to want to be in it. The coaches have to want to be able yeah. to schedule stuff. Well, you know, I, I always – it's weird. I love games. Um, I like practice. I love the challenge of creating an indoor practice because I think that's a time where everybody's, oh, no, we've got an indoor practice. Well, if we can make that practice awesome, then the rest of it's going to be smooth sailing. So so I really pride myself on on – getting together and putting together a really, really good indoor practice. Um, because then if, if they're in there and they're, and they're thinking, man, this is, this is a great day in here, well, wait till we get out on the football field and have more space. Or wait till we get out on the baseball field and can actually get 90-foot bases and all that type of stuff. Um, and it, it just keeps that excitement because there's so many days where in, in baseball where it's like, oh, it's raining again. Yeah. You know, what, what are we going to do? And, and so many days that you just have to, you, you have to go in there and just hit. You know. Look, I'm with you. I, of all the time that I've spent coaching baseball here with this field house, and hey, we're in the field house today. It's like, ugh, mm-hmm. I hate it, unless yeah. it's really cold yeah. or rainy, yeah, or the combination. Yeah. Then I like it. You're right. Yeah, yeah I'm nice. good. Yeah, but, but when the sun is out, yeah, I, you know, we want to be out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we try to be out as much as we can, and, and even if it's cold, rainy, um, you know, it's 20 degrees, and we still go up and throw. We we have to. We throw. throw. We throw know, outside. There, you have to. Um, but then we can get down there and and we can put stations together. Maybe maybe we maybe we have a little maintenance lift for outfielders and we send them up top, and then we do some player to player drills and some flip drills and all the infield drills. We can do double play pivots and stuff like that. Uh, we'll put catchers off to the side, set the machine up, and you know shoot balls at them. And you can do that and then send the infielders up and then you have the outfielders and we can do some zigzag drills or or some drop step drills and and things like that and you can really put something good together and guys are sweating and they're moving around and you're doing enough stations where it's not seven guys standing in a line with one guy up you know you have everybody doing something um and and when you can get those practices in and guys at the end are like that was that was a pretty good day you know you feel like you accomplished something because normally it's just drop the cage yeah get your 10 swings rotate you bunt you hit you're throwing a bullpen yep and then nothing yeah Standing around. But having that facility is, is a huge advantage. Huge. I tell you what, something else, too, with the baseball coaches, having a turf football field mm-hmm. has helped so much as well. Yeah. Because yeah. you always have a place to, yeah. to throw yeah. without being out on the field tearing it up. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's hitting ground balls. Hitting ground balls. Fly balls. Um, you know, we, we've gone up there and thrown bullpens on nice days. Let's get out of here. Let's get up and throw bullpens yeah. when it's Wait, nice. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on, stop. Nice days. Kevin Gray takes his team out in the lightning storm, and they do ground balls, fly balls, bunts. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah, well, because he's crazy. Yeah, Kevin's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's, it explains it. Kevin's crazy. Hey, the one day this I, oh, hold on, this <laughs> cut you off. There was a day I can't remember if it was this preseason or if it was last year. We were talking about something, and he had just come off of practice, and he was pissed. They were not playing well or yeah. practicing well. Right. <clears throat> I want to say it was last year because how good that team was. Yeah. Uh, they were walking outside to practice, and one of the kids said, Coach, it's snowing. And he said, so? <laughs> Stretch. Yeah. Get loose. Stretch. Get snowing. loose. Snowing. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah. love it. No, he, yeah, he's, <laughs> we, we talk all the time, and, and, you know, obviously him having a full turf field, that's a huge advantage, and, and we're going to be able to take so much more advantage of our field Agreed. this year with the turf infield. Um, but, you know, we're getting ready to, to scrimmage, and I'll say to him, you know, we're scrimmaging at your place. We're not, we didn't scrimmage in this year, but we're scrimmaging Connor. And this will be the first live pitching we've seen. And and he goes, uh, we've inter-squad scrimmage like 14 times. Yeah. I was like, ah, it's, Must be nice. I don't want to talk to you. I wish that we all had the turf. I know. I love it. It's great. It's great. The maintenance. It's yeah. just so much easier. Oh, it's so much easier. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, when you're not – you think about not having to pay for the dirt and the clay and the chalk and the cutting of grass. Mm-hmm. In the end, I know it's never going to balance out the costs of the turf field, but correct, you can always have stuff on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that depends on your district on how they are. You know, like our district, it costs so much money to, to rent a field out. Yeah. You know, before they had that policy, people were playing up here. All, Rob Sanders oh, yeah. is, oh, my bad. My, Rob Sanders' is bluegrass team. They played, this was their home field. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I love it. It's, yeah. It should be, show off your facility. Absolutely. That's the way I am. Yeah. No doubt, you know, it's with with Highland Park with that renovation. Yeah. You know, people have been using it like crazy in it, and they're coming down saying, "Wow, one we didn't, you know, people from Cincinnati, we didn't even know the facility was here. We didn't even know there was a field here. Um, two, this is a really cool setup. Sit on the hill, yeah, you know, it's and beautiful, you can, and you can be spaced out, Love which it. is nice. Um, I enjoy watching a game there. It might be my favorite unique. place. Yeah, it's it's, it's unique because you can sit, you can sit out in the left field under the awning. Yeah, I love that. You know, I didn't realize until the other day I was watching it. A youth game that was there. It's like 11, 12 years old. Um, I don't see very many games from the hill there. Um, even if somebody else is playing, I'm usually down by the dugout making sure everything's good. And uh, I stood up there, and at about 7.30, the sun comes right over the hill there, and you really can't see. And I made a comment to a couple people. I said, well, this, these are terrible seas. Why are you sitting there? <laughs> you can't, you can't I like because of the shade. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see anything. Um, but uh, it's, it's a really cool venue. Everybody tells us that comes there for the first time that they really like. It's a unique setup. Um, and they really like watching games there. And we, we're the same way. We want to showcase that facility. Well, and you know, when we were in high school, it was it was fine because we didn't know any better. Yeah, but right. by the time you took over that program, it needed some work. Well, and that was, you know, we go back to the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Um, it, it was important for us to, um, for, for the kids and, and the parents and the community to take the baseball program seriously. We knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. But one of the first things I did was go to the city and go to the boosters and say, hey, this baseball fit's terrible. It's unsafe. Um, if we can get an investment from both of you, you know, we can put some new sod in and work on the dirt later. But the sod is the big thing right now. Um, to make a safe, you know, these kids are fielding ground balls 95 miles an hour off the bat, and you don't know where it's bouncing. Right in the mouth. Yeah, and and so that that's one of the first things. And, you know, the boosters, our athletic boosters are awesome. They're always just like, yes. Um, and then the city threw in, you know, threw in a little bit and we got resodded it. That sod, that was 12 years ago, 2009, 11 years ago. And 
and that sod is what they just removed to put the turf in. Mm. So it's the same sod. It was taken care of properly. It was in good shape. It was, you know, we always were real particular about it. But the thought was if we give them a, a nicer facility to play on and, and we, we look like we're taking it serious, um, then more kids will show up and they'll take it serious. It'll no longer be let's roll out the baseballs yeah. and let's do something in the spring. It felt like a lot of kids were doing baseball in the spring so they didn't have to do all the football stuff. Um, and then you had kids that wanted to do the football stuff so then they wouldn't play baseball. But when you start taking things serious and you, you know, it trickles down to youth camps, you start having youth camps and, and you, you know, take care of a facility and a field and you, and you fight for a fright. We didn't even have a freshman program. You know, it was 2010 before we had a freshman yeah. baseball program. We didn't play Highlands the first four or five years I was at Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. That was one thing that I, you know, I, I had a program plan when I interviewed for the job, and that was one of the first things on there. Um, I actually told them since 1997 when we won <coughs> the region in baseball, no regional championship team after that year didn't have a freshman team. Yeah. Every I mean, how do you develop your program without a freshman team? Well, and, and when your numbers are so bad, I mean, when we were talking about the coaching mm-hmm. you know, situation with, with just not a lot of people wanting to coach, um, your numbers are so low, it didn't. there was no justification for adding another team and adding another male coach, yes, uh, male sport coach. You know, there was no justification. And when we, when we started, you know, getting some momentum um, and, and showing people we're going to take it serious and do, doing some preseason stuff and preseason workouts and – We've run the gamut, man. We've done stuff that we thought was great and it was terrible, and we thought stuff that would never work and it worked. Um, but but once you go through that, and people start taking serious, then the numbers show. And and when you're able to, you know, 2009 say, you know, we had this many kids. Now 2010, we have this many kids that are coming to workouts. We had more kids showing up at 2010 just to work out on the baseball field than we had try out in 2009. Wow. And so when you went to the administ- when I went to the administration at that point. It's like, okay, now there's a need. What ended up happening was 7th and 8th graders ended up filling out our freshman roster the first first year. Um, but it's trickled, right? It's all it, it's all taken care of itself, and it's moved uphill where 7th grade first year, 7th and 8th graders played freshman, and then – Yeah, when they were juniors and seniors, they were winning yeah. 20, 30 games a year. Correct. And, and then, you know, you go through a window where there's 8th graders – on the freshman team. And then you go through a window where you're only taking specific eighth graders, like pitching and catching are the two, you know, you know how it works. It. Pitching and catching is like, you can't just turn some kid into a catcher. Like go put this gear on back and stand back there and you know, take a ball to the chest. Get yeah. done work that way. So we then said, okay, we're going to take just pitchers and catchers that are in eighth grade um, to a point where I don't think we've, we've had, we haven't had eighth grade trout in three years. So. Is there any pushback from the middle school on that? Do you guys have any issues with that? No, no. Using the middle school kids? None. Not because there's not a middle school equivalent. Gotcha. You know, the basketball programs have yeah. and volleyball. Well, and, the only reason I ask is that I know that the below ninth grade, those kids, they'll start their spring ball yeah. so well, they start early. early. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they're, you know, sometimes they pay that money. Correct. And then they think, well, you know, we're going to start this. And yeah. then come – February, well, I can have a chance to play for the freshman team. I can't get my money back. Right. That's the only reason I asked if you yeah. had any issues yeah. with that. No, we don't. They're, depending on who it is, if it's a Kentucky, if if the kid is in middle school playing for a Kentucky team, for the most part, half of their team's playing high school ball as, okay. as middle school kids, as eighth graders. Yeah. Um, the problem is some of these Ohio teams 
are saying we're only taking two Kentucky kids because they're going to play because the Ohio kids can't play. They can't play freshman as middle schooler. And so they're starting right away while the high school season's going on. And so we have had kids say, you know, I'm not going to try out because I'm going to go play for this yeah. summer team and mom and dad paid $1,200 and I'm going to play for them, and which is fine. And um, they try out in the fall. Yeah, they try out in the fall. And, yeah, and at that point, we, we don't announce. I tell you, it's, it's always fluid. I don't want to say we're taking eighth graders and we don't need them, and I don't want to say we don't need them, and then we end up needing them. Yes. So it's always fluid. I make an announcement around February 1st every year. Um, and, and so that kid doesn't – he tried out in, in August for that team, and then I'm making an announcement February 1st. So it's really hard for them to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now we – you know this this freshman class that we have coming in, giant, good. I mean, it is. There's more kids than than we. It would be the biggest freshman class we've ever had in baseball. Well, that's good. Well, let's talk about uh, getting into coaching. Yeah. So you mentioned before before we went on air that um, you first got into coaching with your dad at Beechwood. Yeah. What was that like coaching with the old man? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, you know, he was the head JV coach for. I was only there for one year. And this was at Beachwood. This was at Beachwood. So, um, um, Noel Rash, I think Mike Yeagle was the head coach, and Noel Rash came in and took over in baseball. Um, and I think Mike was still at football at that point and brought in Bob Meyerhoff, who coached Noel at Lloyd, and Dad and Bob were inseparable. Um, so, they came over, and Bob was then Noel's varsity assistant, and Dad was then the head JV coach. And he asked me if I wanted to help, and at that point I was – 21, 22, something like that. Um, really, really young, um, knew everything, um, and and started to, you know, help out there and, you know, realized I didn't know anything, um, which was cool. Um, it was cool now. It wasn't yeah. cool then. I was like, hey, this isn't good. Um, and, and so so helped out there for a year. Um, you know, life happens and, and had, you know, took a little time off, did some things, um, coached a couple years, 12- and 13-year-old Southwest Ohio League, um, um, a couple of, you know, those Marky Kelly, oh, yeah. Jeremy Connor, those guys, oh, yeah. coach those guys, um, and, and then got back into it. Um, you know, we we're talking about Bracken, Brett, County. Bracken County. Yeah, went down there for a year. So, did um, you know, did you know, were you and Brad friends prior? Or? We're cousins. Okay. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're related. So, that makes that a little so, bit easier. Yeah, yeah. So, so he wanted to, uh, you know, they needed a baseball coach. He was down there, he was down there teaching, and then he was, he was big, obviously big into basketball, and he said, uh, he said, "I'm going to take the baseball job. You want to you want to help me out?" I said, "Yeah." And it it worked because he was he's very organized, um, you know, relates well with the kids, knew all the kids and all that. And then I was just like baseball. I was like, "I'm just going to do baseball." Yeah. Um, and so it worked, and we we had a, you know, a couple decent kids, and it it was a it was a you know small school. Out. Well, Jeremy's it's, from Bracken County. Yeah, it's he cyclical, went to Augusta, but uh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, the, the, the talent there is cyclical. But there's some kids, you know, the, the, the best kid, Tyler Best, I think, went to Eastern Kentucky and, and pitched for them. You know, some really, really good baseball players. Um, but they ranged from, you know, eighth grade to seniors, yeah. and they're all varsity. Um, but it was fun. It was really good. It was it was learning. For me, it was a learning. You grow up in Fort Thomas, and, you know, you have to go. You know, your kid didn't have a phone. Not that he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a phone. Yeah. Um, and he's on a farm, and – you know, we would show up for eight o'clock practices, and and the kids would already be there. We'd be down there at seven fifteen, and the kids would already be there. And they say we sold two bulls this morning, <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's different, man. And, and they're they're up and ready to go. You know, we have a ten o'clock practice at here here at Highlands, and you got to get them running and get them going so they get up. 
they had already sold two bulls and they were rare and ready to go because they they made some money that morning. Um, so it was good. It was it was it was a little di- little different little culture uh, culture shock for me. <laughs> it was a little different, um, but it was good. And, yes. and it was it was it was good. For it's me. it's good. It balances you out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're out of my it, bubble. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just because all kids are different. Yeah. Right. So getting to coach the different places is kind yeah. of fun for me. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Was cool. I spent a year, two years down at St. Peter and Paul in California, Kentucky, helping uh, two good friends of mine. And I loved it because they, the kids were different than any of the kids that I'd ever worked with. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, um, at, at Bracken County, you know that you know a lot of the they were doing the 4-H stuff and everything yeah, else. Absolutely, it we, was awesome. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It, it was an education for me. Yeah, no doubt. And and you don't I think there's I think kids anytime you don't you don't know you know they get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. right. That those kids were super smart about stuff that that I would never even think about. Mm-hmm. You know they they knew how to take care of um, you know if I had anything wrong with my my car they. Oh yeah, we got to fix our fix all of our machines. We got to know how to do it, and it's like, man, that would really come in handy right now. <laughs> that definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, um, but there it was. It was really cool. It was. It was definitely a different. It was different for me, um, but it was really neat to to see. And it was twenty minutes or twenty five minutes away. And you know, at first when I first went down there and started coaching, I thought this is a completely different world. And you're twenty twenty five minutes away, and it's you know good. They they talk about going into town. And and I'm like I yeah. I I like, but their town would be I like worked Maysville, out right, Jeremy? Yeah, it's yeah. Maysville. Yeah. That would be the closest one. Yeah, yeah. going to yeah, the Walmarts. Like, yeah. yeah, stoplights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They they'd go to Maysville and and then and I'm I'm like I came from downtown. I came from Children's Hospital. Like to, I was working at Children's. So I was like, what which city are you talking about? Yeah, like, which downtown? City, which which downtown? And, and then Brad left, and then went to Bellevue, yeah, and Bellevue. then you went down there with him. I did, and to coach basketball. Yes, yeah. Um, I think he needed a warm body. Um, was not a very good basketball coach, um, and just he. he needed, but I tell you what, needed, and especially when you said you coached JV, yeah, a lot of times you just got to be able to coach kids. Yeah, well, and it was um, actually I was I was his varsity assistant. Oh, okay. yeah, he was smart enough not to leave me with a team. Eh. You know. By myself, um, so I was. So I, I kind of he, just how I am, right? Um, I'm not going to teach shooters, you know. I'm I'm not going to teach the big men. Um, go do the defensive stuff. Um, defense to me in basketball, defense was motivation, and I was like, okay, we can do that. We, we can Be we can motivate. Easy. Yeah, um, and, and helped out there whatever he needed. You know, we we had brand new uniforms, and I, we'd take them home and wash them. You know, to make sure that they were. Washed properly and cleaned up and, and that type of stuff and that was good too. We had a, we still do it. We, we had a we had a really good team. Jeremy White. I know Jeremy. Um, you know and and uh, Chris Kilgore. So that, was this after after Kevin Listerman and Shannon Miner? Correct. Is that Brad? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Really really good team. Um, and it was it was fun. It was fun. It was fun to coach. To and that's play. when you returned to Highlands. Yeah, that same year um, was my first year as JV baseball coach at Highlands. Mm-hmm. And Mike Johnson was coach. Mike Johnson was head coach. Came from Montgomery County. Um, he moved up here. Was living in, um, living over in Anderson area. Um, met met a girl and and moved up here with her and was teaching at Campbell County. Um, baseball job opened up. He applied for it. Um, G 
Jimmy Ebner was his, you know, got involved, and Jimmy called and said, hey, can you get off and coach? And I said, yeah. And so went and coached under Mike, which I, I learned a lot from Mike. Mike was – I had that transition of that old school. Um, first of all, I was young and I knew everything. Um, and when you didn't agree with me, I just thought that I would make you agree with it by yelling. Um, Mike helped me transition a little more into where I am today um, because he wasn't a yeller. He he would talk it out and and was really cerebral about things and decisions and was was a lot more forgiving because they're high school kids than I was. But at that time, I was 23, 24 years old. Um, you know, I, again, thought I knew everything. You know, and, and if you didn't agree with me, then you didn't know anything. Um, but Mike kind of showed, you know, the way we had we had – kids that would miss practice and not knowing what that reason is, you know, why are we even messing with this kid? He shouldn't, he's not, he's not coming to practice and we should just let him go. Um, Mike's hey, just relax. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then the kid comes back and you realize something, you know, something happened he needed yeah. to attend to. And, and, you know, I, I would take a knee jerk reaction of my first thing would be, why aren't you at practice? You're gone instead of, Hey, what, what happened? Yeah. You know, like, what's going on? Um, so he really helped me along there. Um, I was going to say, the whole time you were describing his demeanor, yeah. all I kept thinking is that's like your demeanor now. Right. Well, it's, I mean, I, and I, I, I took a lot from, from him um, in that regard because he was really, really good about, you know, let's talk. It's high school, right? Something's probably happening. You know, it's either has to do with car fumes or perfume. You know, <laughs> he would sure. say that it's one of the fumes. Um you know, and, and, and just talk it out and, and understand it. You know, and I got this a lot from Dale Mueller, too, um, being around him more often and being around him as, I don't want to say a peer because I'm not on his level, but but working under him, him being the AD, um, you know, if, if you've got a kid that is going through some things, the last thing you want to do is take something like baseball away from him. Um, let, let that kid be there because then you know where he is, you know what he's doing, um, and, and you are helping him through some things. Um, that that was different from from the way I was early on. Do you think any of that, um, with it being baseball and your style, the way it was at that time, you figured out like, well, maybe this is probably not right because baseball players could, you know, making them a little jumpy or jittery or yeah. hollering at them. You know, you know, it was really easy to figure out because I'll never forget this. You know, you get those moments, right? Those aha moments, light bulb goes off, and um, we're playing a JV game at Bishop Brossard, and we're up 5-1, to one, and we just weren't that good. We had a bunch of young kids playing, and we're up 5-1 to one in, like, the fifth inning, and all of a sudden we're down 6-5, and we they've hit five straight ground balls. We didn't field one of them. Yeah. So I call time. I walk out on the mound. I'm getting ready to say to the pitcher, um, you know, you're, you're doing your job. You're getting ground balls. You know, don't worry about it. And as I'm getting ready to say that, the shortstop came in and said, you know, you yelling at us really doesn't help. And I got to the mound and I looked at the pitcher and I looked back at him and I was like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I patted him on the butt and I turned around. Well, I didn't even say anything to the pitcher. Turned around and walked away. And that was another moment that it was – your way's not working, man. Um, you know, went down to a UK camp, and you know, oh, I'll, I'll take care of the drop step drill. I didn't know what I was doing, 
And those moments is, is the reason that I changed and my philosophy changed. And it's the way I am now. Um, a lot more laid back, um, still coaching like crazy, but I don't think you have to coach like crazy by yelling mm-hmm. out of the dugout. At I get a kid. it. You know, we, we can still coach like crazy. Um, but that's not how I was. I was, you know. I think baseball is a lot like that, though. Yeah. Obviously, football and with football, the kids are so far away. And basketball being inside, it's so loud. Yep. Whereas in in baseball, you're outside and you can hear yeah. just about everything. Well, that's it's happening. so singular. If, if a shortstop misses a ground ball, you're not. You know, you might have a guard that makes a bad pass, and and the guy he was throwing it to was in the wrong position. Yeah. So you can talk to two guys, or maybe say we need to be in the right spot. Baseball. It, if his ground ball hit the short and shortstop misses it, everybody knows it's the shortstop fault. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's, you know, it's like yeah. you're on an island. And he knows um, that he messed up. Yes. And, he and knows it's in front of God up. and everybody. Everybody's looking Correct. at him. Correct. Yeah. You know, we, we always make fun of coaches when we sit there and we'll hear somebody yell, throw strikes. That kid's just sitting out there thinking, okay. I'm going to throw balls. You mean Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> all the time. I always laugh. I always make fun of him. I used to joke with him all the time with it. He said, he said it, we were at, at the, the senior game that we had. Um, he was standing out there and he's like, yeah, I used to say that. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I made fun of you. He used to do it to his sons all the time. And I would be calling pitches, and I'm like, yeah. What do you want to do, man? The difference is those two might have been saying, no, I'm going to throw balls. They might. Just because he was yelling to throw strikes. Well, Brandon threatened his life, and that was last time. (laughs) So Mike Johnson leaves, Mm -hmm. and you get to be the head coach. Yeah. You get get the call, and what did that feel like? Um, It was – Was it scary? It was scary. Um, it was exciting, but it was it was pretty scary because I think the transition that I kind of made as a person um, over those three years, as a coach over those three years, um, it, it made me realize how much involved it is um, to be a head coach. You know, yeah. being an assistant high school coach is the greatest job on planet Earth. Ever. I mean, awesome. you, it's the best thing ever. You get to have a relationship with the kids. You get to teach a sport that you love, um, and you don't have all the other stuff that you have to do. Um, that part was, made me nervous, um, and I was a little scared on that that end. Um, but personally, the way I changed over those three years, I felt like I was a better father, I was a better coach, a better human. And I thought, well, if I can do this even longer and and be more engaged and more involved because I wanted to do right by the kids – then I would be even a better father and even better, better person, you know, because you want to, you know, you, you want them to look up to you and Absolutely. you want to foster those relationships and you want to, you know, you, we just want to treat people to be good people. You know, we, we want to teach them to be good people. Yeah. Um, and then that first year come out and you win the district. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how great is that? I mean, well, it's awesome. It's, it's funny. I, I look back and it's like, man, I wish I'd had that team again, a bunch of seniors. I think there were 12 seniors. Um, you know, we had one transfer in that made it 12 seniors, um, kids that were good baseball players. That season was, um, was utter chaos for me. <laughs> utter chaos. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with like, it had nothing to do with the kids. Yeah. Like they were great. They would show up and work and, and we'd put practices together. And I remember the first practice, one of the kids walked up, Blake Newman walks over to me and says, that is the most intense baseball practice I've ever had. And I was like, it was a blur. <laughs> Because yeah. I, I was so wrapped up and focused on what I needed to do and what we needed to do and how we needed to do it. 
and every little word, paying attention, everything that I said, and I don't remember what happened, but apparently it was a good practice. So that, like that first year, not just winning the district, but because it was your first time being a head coach, mm-hmm. is that, does that team, do you have like a special place? Like, does it, even though some of the success you've had later on, especially these last several years, that first team? Yeah. Just because yeah. Of the, they were they the were ground zero. And, and and because it was, you know, it, it was pretty much a senior-dominated class. Yeah. I mean, it was a senior-dominated team. I mean, 12, that's um, a lot. Yeah, and, and, and so you have that actually really, really cool story um, as the field gets done and they're having that um, – um, I don't know what they called it, the exhibition game with the incoming freshman group. Um, one of the kids from that team showed up. He lives in Michigan. And we do a really cool thing on senior day. We sign a um, sign a wall in the locker room. So they go through their senior stuff, um, and, and they sign my brother, you know, how he is, and yeah. detail-oriented. Um, you know, you will never walk alone, and, and everybody signs it. And that we did that starting 2014, 15 maybe. So this kid was was already gone at the time. Um, and he came back, and, and we started talking. I was like, wait a minute, you didn't sign the wall. And he's like, what? And I said, we got a wall. He, and so as we're talking about the field and the project and everything, he, you can see him getting antsy. And he finally says, can we just go sign the wall? Like he was so yeah. excited to sign the wall. And he said, I'm going to talk to all of the guys from that class and try to get them back here so they can sign the wall. And it was really cool. And it, because you, I haven't seen him in years, you know, he went off to college, moved up to uh, close to Detroit. I haven't talked to him. I don't do Facebook. So I don't get that interaction with some of those guys where I can reach out to him. Um, but to see him come back, and, and again, it's that first class, Blake Newman, see him, you know, he's got he's got a kid now, and and see some of those guys. It's, it's really cool to see Teddy Ebner at, at football games. Really, really cool. Um, I just wish I – could do it over with them because I think I could have offered them more. Well, you think that, but yeah, I think I'm sure you did well. Yeah, I don't know. You did right a, by them. It was a blur. I tried to do yeah. right by them, but you know what? I know it was a blur. When you say it's a blur, maybe looking back at it now, but while you're in it, like my first season as a head coach, I didn't think the season was ever going to end. <laughs> it was the longest five, six months of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously basketball is longer than, than baseball anyway. But, right. you know, every game we won, I'm like, God dang, this game, this season will never end. Yeah. And I was so excited, right? But, you know, when with the first time that you're wearing the hat mm-hmm. and everything that's got to come down the yeah. middle comes right to you and yeah. through your email and your phone. Correct. It's exhaustive. Yeah, absolutely. Never ends. And, and that was the part that was that – was, that made me nervous. Yeah. Scared me. Well, I get it. Yeah. Trust me. It's, it's, yeah. And I didn't know what I was up for. Yeah. Until that first couple things we had to deal with, whatever. And, and they were minor, right. but it was something that I'd never dealt with. Correct. And then it was like, you get through that and it was like, then you got to start picking out gear. Well, what I do, I just let the kids do it. Yeah. You pick all that yeah, stuff pick, out. Pick I don't want any, you pick what you want. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. It's made life a lot easier. But so you, you have to choose your battles on those things and choose what you want to spend a lot of time on. And, they're wearing it. They want it. Figure it out. Yeah. Any part of these these early years, um, did you get discouraged? You know, I know that uh, took a few years, so you have to, to get a winning record. I mean, is that something that discouraged you, especially that third year where, you know, 6 and 29? 2011 was rough. Yeah. Um, 
Prior to that, no. Um, we knew it was going to take time, and we saw progress. And, it, and it, even if we couldn't necessarily see progress, um, hearing coaches that have been around a long time in Northern Kentucky come to us and say, you know, you're, it's so much better than, than, it, than it was. Um, kids understand what to do, know where to go. You're teaching the game. Like, hearing that was encouraging. Um, we thought eventually it would turn into some success. Didn't know how much because it all depended on the kids. Yeah, we, I, I felt like in that school when we started in 2009, there was a team of kids that could compete for a regional championship. Problem was they weren't playing. Um, and so it, teaching the kids that we had and, and you know, fostering that to, to hopefully entice some of those other kids, to, some of those other athletes to come, um, you know, that, that wasn't frustrating. 2011 was frustrating um, in terms of wins and losses, but such a good group of kids. They were so much fun to be around. They worked their tails off. Um, we just we just weren't very good. Um, and, Did you play a lot of young kids that year? No, no. We were we were junior senior, and, and that was the hard thing too. Is is some of our better kids were real young, freshmen, eighth graders, um, and so it was hard to to push them along to the varsity level. Um, so we played we played a lot of juniors and seniors, um, but a great group of kids that worked hard and and. Worked hard every day and and just we just weren't very good, um, but that was a tough that was a tough one. It, honestly, at the towards the end of that season, I thought, okay, I know we haven't had a ton of success with, you know, nobody's banging down the door to coach baseball at Highlands. Yeah, but I need to ask the question just to be safe. Am I good? Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> with you. Am I good? And and Dale was like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, we went to the Final Four state tournament, and the next day I came in and told the principal, I said, we good. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah. Because it's in your head. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. you know, and like at Highlands, was it um, was it Rob McCoy? Yeah. He got fired, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's doable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, you know, they saw that that we were really dedicated. Um, they saw that we tried to do right by the kids. Yeah. Um, they saw that we were trying to build something. Um, and, and, you know, they gave they gave us time to do it. Sure. Um, well, it paid off for them. I mean, you think about the 12th team, a lot of young kids on that team. Yeah. Make it all the way to the regional finals. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that game could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, we, we had a, a, a hero diving catch yeah. by Dominic Pangallo Absolutely. on the right field foul line. Mm -hmm. It might have been out of, in the foul territory. Yeah. And it was it, foul. That, oh, yeah. yeah. So if that, that ball's not caught, yeah. who knows what Another happens. pitch. Yeah. And I want to say that uh, Mitchell Jones started that game, right? Um, or he might have pitched in it. I can't remember. He did. He did. He did pitch he in did. it. I mean, yeah. He was a fresh yeah. freshman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're rolling in yep. with the with the young guns. Yep. Absolutely. But that began. You know, that was the beginning. That was that was the beginning. Honestly, and it, it it was. And and I I would be lying if I if I didn't. I mean, it happened way faster. It happened way quicker than I could have been. You know what it was though. You guys got on a run in that year. That late April, early May, yeah. you just got on a run before the districts. Oh yeah, that was huge. And then you win the district, yes. and that carried all of that momentum carried you mm -hmm. guys into the region. Mm -hmm. And and look, we we knew what was going on. Yeah, you know, we knew what was coming. Yeah, it was going to be that. You know, we were going to meet in the end. Yeah. Well, we we kind of as coaches we joked. 
um, we joked we're playing out of our minds right now. Don't tell these kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let them realize no, I get it. what we're doing. Because yeah. it was it was it was fun though. That was that was really fun. And 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 again, you go six and twenty nine the year before, and you don't expect to to bounce back that quickly. Yeah. Um, but it was good. It was it was fun. What about winning that first region? Um, was really was really weird with that group. It was awesome, but that group of kids. There was a celebration. But it was like, okay, we expected it. I was going to say, like you're 35 and 7. I mean, they, they, it was, I don't want to say it was anticlimactic, but there yeah. was a little bit of that um, because, you know, we, we played some good games, um, you know, in the regional tournament, but nothing was really, we didn't really press at any point and we weren't one pitch away yeah. from losing or tying or anything. Um, but they had such a mentality of this is what we're going to do that it was kind of like, okay, well, we did it. And then they would say, "When do we win our state tournament game?" Like it's, yeah. it's ready. But it, it was—I mean, the, to see those kids that have been—you know—Luke Hennigan said it the best. I was so ticked off at him because he had the best quote, and I didn't think of it. Um, I was on a team that was six and twenty-nine. Now we're twenty-nine and six. And I was like, "Man, that's awesome." That's pretty good. I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, you know. So, but but to see those guys fight through that, you know, and start—you know—they were the freshman, fresh first freshman team as yep. seventh graders. And to see them fight through all that, and and take their lumps, um, and then be able to to finally to win that region because you get to a point too where you go you go to the finals in twelve, you go to the finals in fourteen. You're like, I can't win a big one. Well, we can't win a big one. We can't get over the hump. It's hard to do it too, and, and it's so hard. That's the thing is it's so hard, and and so many times it's one little freak play here and there um, that you think, well, I might we might never win one, and and you feel terrible for those guys because they they really felt like they should have won multiple. Yeah. Um, and, and you get out there and they take care of business their senior year. And it was really cool to see that because they they progressed. I mean, they went through the gamut of, you know, 6 and 29 and, and then getting close um, and then finally doing it. It was really cool. And then making all the way to the state championship game. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I the, the way the state tournament was set up was perfect for our group because we had a bunch of arms. Um and we had a team that, that felt like they were, they wanted to play. You know, there's the break now in between the two. To, do you like that? I don't. I understand what they're trying to do. Um, I don't think it really works. I don't like it. Um, but here's my here's my here's what I say to people. How many days in a row do you have to play to win a state championship in basketball? Mm, four. Well, four. Okay. Got to play four games. Four games of four. You don't days. play four in a row. You could play four in four a row. Four or five. Yeah. You four. could play you could play four of the five. Or you could play four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Okay. Um what's your schedule during the regular season? Two games a week, maybe two three. or three. Okay. We play six games a week mm-hmm. and we're going to the state tournament and we're You're playing play two and two. Two and two weeks. Two, you know, four and two weeks. You know, I, I, I that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That we it's almost like it should be reversed. You're used to a Tuesday, Saturday, or Tuesday, and Friday. And the kids are used to the routine. Yes, and we're used to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and now you go to the state tournament and you play Thursday. And you play Saturday, and then you play again the next Thursday and next yeah. Saturday. It, it, it doesn't. I think it breaks up your rhythm. Yeah, and, and, I, and I – so in hindsight, if that was the setup, you never know what happened. 
But that West Jesmond team was the hottest. They were so good. They were the hottest offensive team I've ever, ever. seen. I'm, ever. Ever. They we talked about 12 it and a half with somebody else. Runs a game in the state tournament. And and he, I, I talked to Jody Hamilton you know, a year later, and he said, I've never had a team get so hot offensively. And maybe if there's a break, they don't get as hot. Now, True. If there's a break, we may face a number one instead of a two. Um, and may not get there, but but it's it's I liked that setup where Tuesday Wednesday were your first. That Monday, was a Tuesday, good. Wednesday. That was a fun state tournament. That was it was so much fun, and it was you know the Monday game got rained out, and so we played Tuesday. So we were supposed to play Monday Wednesday, Friday Saturday I think it was, and we ended up playing Tuesday Wednesday Friday Saturday. All I remember about the first game we played was it was freezing cold. It was cold, mm-hmm. and it was the, it was the last night of this uh, the last game of the session. Yeah, of that yeah. night. It was um, awful. But uh, it, it it was really cool. Those guys, you know, we, we, we were set up perfect for that tournament because we had a ton of arms. Um, and we didn't have a ton of depth uh, position-wise, um, but we had a lot of arms. And it, it set up really well for us. And we got we got high. You know, we I think blessing in disguise, everybody says you got the worst draw because you've got the number one team in the state. You're playing McCracken County. They haven't lost to a Kentucky team at this point. Um to me, it was it was a blessing because if you go play against a school that you don't know much about and you they don't they don't have all these really good players and all these accolades, you may skate through. And our guys knew they needed to show up game one, and so the mindset was a little different than our guys didn't walk in and say, "Oh, we're in the state tournament. Yeah. What are we going to do?" Well, they walked in with that's the number one team in the state, and we're going to show them we're better than them, and and that. I think it was good for us um, at the time. I didn't admit, didn't say that beforehand. No. Afterwards, afterwards, I can I, I can say that I think that was good for us because we went in and and, and took care of business right away. Pitching what's, was great. Everything. What's been the most memorable of these regions? Was there one you didn't expect that you got? Um, I'd say. I'd say probably 2016 was was very similar to 2014 where we were hot towards the end of the season, but we that carried over into the entire regional tournament. Yeah. Um, kids that that we thought had potential to do things, um, maybe offensively, that struggled for a lot of the year and then absolutely caught fire. Um, you know, Austin Mayhew had such a phenomenal regional tournament out of nowhere. I mean, he was a good baseball player, um, but he was hitting missiles all over the place. Um, he was missing a suicide squeeze sign Ugh. and hitting Not a good. double. Yeah. <laughs> hit a double, you know, and, and so. <laughs> yeah. So it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it paid off. Yeah. Like he, he good job, Austin. He didn't. Yeah. Well, there was, there was some <laughs> confusion because with that class, with that team, I was in the dugout. I wasn't coaching third. So we had some, we were relaying signals and there was some wires crossed. The kid on third saw it. He didn't see it. So he breaks and he has to rocket double, you know, so it worked out. But, but he, you know, that team, but we knew we had pitching. You know, we had graduated uh, Jones and Martin and Bunning and, and No and those guys, but we still had Razor and Doty um, and, and we had some arms, yep. you know. So we knew we still had a good team and we could. I didn't know if we could go on a three-game run offensively, score enough runs to, to win. Um, but sometimes those are the the fun games. Yeah, when you're trying to manufacture stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't. I don't know the the 
the satisfaction that the kids get because I know how hard they work. Like that's the part that stands out. Yeah. Is is just them saying, you know, this is what we work for and we did it. And you've kept relatively you've kept a lot of like your varsity staff, a lot of the same dudes. The yeah. pe- it seems like the people that surround like your varsity team. Yeah. Have been there from yeah, early on. So Andy Andy Raker's been from the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, we graduated together. Um, known each other forever. Um, he's been there from the beginning, and he's he, he do absolutely anything for you. Sure. Um, and, and huge. Now, Jeff Rust, this was his first year. He wasn't going to coach with us. He actually was He was there in the beginning, and then he went to softball because his daughter was playing softball. So he went to help uh, coach softball. Um, and then we, you know, a few years ago, pick up Tom Eckerly, um, who's ex-perfect for us. Oh, he was the baseball coach at Newcastle when I was there. Yeah, and he coached – I mean, he was – Cuffcath for twenty something years, yeah. and, and um, was it Newcath? But he's perfect for us. Um, gets along with the kids, great, and really, really good dude. I mean, we've got we've got really good dudes on our staff um, that that work hard, that you know know what's expected, um, and put in a lot of time. Yeah, and you mentioned your brother. Yeah, and Dave. Dave's always, always he's always been around. Yeah, he's like I, your consigliere. Yeah, I don't think people understand the the. I, they see him behind the scenes doing some stuff with helping with the field and yeah. and keeping the book and stuff like that. But um, if they could see what we go through during the regional tournament, um, we're at my house or his house and we're scoring games and we're putting spray charts together and he's cutting and taping, you know, charts together. And we have all kinds of stuff going on. We're trying to get as much information as we can to help us. Um, and he's, he's a big part of that uh, because I'll, I have all the other stuff. You know, I have to go to practice. And while I'm at practice, he'll have his scissors out, and it looks like a kindergarten class. Um, but, but everybody needs that. But you They need somebody to, to do all that yeah. stuff. See, yeah. Jeremy does all that kind of stuff for us. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that I wouldn't even think about, he just yeah. appears, and it's there. And I'm like, yeah. but so, like, we, do you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. So, you know, how Tyrion Lannister, I drink and I know things. Yeah. That's Jeremy. <laughs> he drinks and he's, he knows things. He's got, like, this... This information that he finds. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, he drinks coffee. coffee. Yeah, that's sure. what it is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I understand. So, yeah. No, uh, but, go ahead. Go that, ahead. That, no, but that, that, you're right. You need, you need people like that. Um, you know, our, our, our coaches are the same way. Um, what about this? You know, they know they have freedom to, to express their opinions and, and give ideas. And so they'll say, what about this? And, you know, I joke with them like nine times out of 10. I'm like, I should stop. And then that 10th time, like, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it. Um, and, and, you know, Dave will always have surprises for us, too, down the field. We have we have arrows pointing towards freedom and – and uh, or whatever they're called now, their field. And then uh, uh, Whitaker, you know, with how many miles it is. And he just he thinks it would be really cool to do it until he does it. And all those, those type it. of things that the kids eat up and the yeah. kids love. And, and there's – uh, we're, we're blessed. We've got a lot of really good Look, dudes. man – you could probably go around and talk to any varsity head coach and somebody in their family or a lot of their family are very involved in that program. Yeah. And they stick together. Yeah. And it doesn't matter just because you're brothers. Right. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it takes a village. It does. To do everything. It does. I mean, it absolutely does. And how many kids you got? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Is Do you have a son in the baseball program? Yeah. What's that like? So, well – I mean, he's he was a junior last year, um, so you know he 
he played freshman. He played. I think he made it as an eighth grader. Um, played freshman uh, for two. I guess played one year and then played JV uh, for two years. Um, you know, so this was going to be the first year that I had the opportunity to coach him at the varsity level. Um, what's really hard is the fact that I see like five games. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't get to see him play much. Um, Do you coach him in the summer? Yeah. So that's that, Braden. That, that, that's Braden. Braden yeah. that's CBC is is the seventeen U team that I had yeah. this year that he was playing, but he's hurt. So he was end up he ended up being hurt the whole year, so he didn't even really. Well, that'll make next year just that much more special. So, oh, yeah, you know he's going to play football this year um, because he wants to do something because he missed last year. I agree. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go play football. Um, so he's going to he's going to play football and then you know hopefully get a senior season in. Um, we will. And then and then my youngest will be a freshman. He's in that freshman class. That's a really really large class. And you have a daughter. Daughter, twenty one. Yeah, she's Taylor's. Um, going into her senior year at NKU. Good for her. She'll be a teacher. What? Yeah. Elementary. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. There was a question mark she, at the end of well, that. She, she, was, she made it clear. She's like, a, uh, elementary or high school, I'm not doing middle school. Yeah. So, well, it's not that bad, I guess. Elementary is fine. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Well, we appreciate you coming out, man. Yeah, thanks for Stopping by and, yeah. you know, talking a little bit of Highlands baseball. Yeah. Good stuff. I appreciate well, it. Let me ask you one more thing before you go. Yeah. There's always like a PS at these. I always say thank everybody, and there's a PS. Mm-hmm. I don't design it that way. But you had mentioned it before. You said something just like literally two minutes ago, and I just started thinking about it. Oh, you, when Braden was playing football. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, with football coach, mm-hmm. grad, girls basketball coach, mm-hmm. baseball coach. Softball. Softball coach. Uh, girls soccer. Is Jake Donlin, is that his wife that coaches the softball team? Is that still? Are uh, they still? Uh, it's no. It's his father-in-law, oh. Milt Horner. Oh, is okay. the softball coach. For, I knew he was a part of that. I, for some reason, I thought she coached as well. She was the head coach for yeah, a few that's years. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, a while back. And okay, it was so they got out. Right. Yeah, so they okay. got out. They started having kids and stuff. And it, Jake uh, used to work with us in Florida. Okay, we used to give him all shit. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of alumni coaching. That's good. Girls soccer, um, track. Track across country. Brian, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot. It's, it's awesome. Good. It's good. That's what we we community. Yeah, we have to have it. You know, we it, you know how it works, um, and we it's there's it means more. You know, yeah. and, and and you say it, but but it's and it's not just your program. I think I think a lot of people come in and are really focused on their program, but it feels like those that that have been around for a while. Sure, um, it's more than just your program. It's it's the school and it's all the other stuff, um, and we've had some outsiders come in. I call them outsiders. That's probably terrible to say, but but some people that are non non <laughs> non graduates. What is that? So you ten Kevin Listerman's an outsider. He's an absolute outsider, but he's accepted now. He's accepted. Yes, yes. Is that because? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to say it, but no, he's accepted. He's now. accepted now. No, and and I, th- he's, he's is that a, because he's winning or no? He's a perfect okay. example of a guy that <laughs> no because it's it's the stuff you don't see. Yeah. You know that the him him helping um, lead the student section and and teach them like that was one of the days of school one of the first days of school they actually were doing ozone training nice and he's helping with the cheers and all that to for for football games sure and, and, and basketball games and everything it. else so there, we do have we have great people there I mean we have people that come in from you know, that aren't graduates that understand it, get it, and they all of a sudden became become Highlands people real fast. It's cool. Well, I guess someone's got to coach those teams, right? Someone's you got to get those outsiders sometime. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're not all bad. 
Yeah. Well, Kevin, Kevin's a good guy. I mean, Kevin was, he's okay now. He's a, yeah. So I was say he brought that cuff cat, <laughs> that cuff cat ozone okay over there. Now. That's right. <laughs> well, Jerry Bioni, Highlands baseball coach. Coach, I really appreciate you being on, brother. Thanks, man. You are uh, one of the best. Appreciate you. So we appreciate you. Thank you.